Hello, welcome to another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. We've got uh, Aaron Bledsoe joining us remote from Lagodi, Indiana, from his office. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, You're a regular guest, I tell you. So before (laughs) you start talking about your topic, which is always grain, uh, we got a question of the day. Dun, dun, dun. And what is your favorite board game? Has your wife responded yet? My wife has not responded. I'm trying to figure out what the name of the game is, but he can't think of the name of the game. So you want to go take a little pressure off of him? Yeah, Ryan, won't you go first? All right. Okay. So I'm not a huge board game player, but we do have a game called Telestrations, and it's a little bit like the game Telephone. You get a word in your book. And your job is once you get the word, then you draw it. Then the next person flips the page and just looks at your picture. And then they write down what they think it is. And then the next person only gets to look at what they think it is. And then they get to draw it. And you get to see how badly this can go off the rails by the end of the. uh... And so what's interesting is that sometimes you have a really good artist who just kills it. (laughs) You have a, not a very good artist somewhere along the line that just wrecks it with the stick people. Yeah. You try to figure out exactly how far off the rails and it can get pretty bad at times. So telestrations, (laughs) I I do enjoy that game. So, Sal, I haven't heard of that one. Mine would be, um, I think it's called scattergories, scattergories. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have a fun time. We usually get, at some point, my little girl start laughing so hard she'll be in the floor, and and uh, it's it's uh, we have a fun time playing that silly game. Aaron, have you figured it out yet? If you, I have, if you yeah, say checkers, I have. Oh, he has. No, He's got it. I, it's, it's not checkers. <laughs> I mean, I do dominate at checkers. You can ask my wife, but it's not checkers. But it's another game that I dominate in our household, and that is Sequence. If he does and say so a, himself. If he does <laughs> say yeah. so. I mean, yep. I try to be a fairly humble guy. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm gorgeous looking, great personality, and I dominate at board games, but. That's why we gave you this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sequence, no, what, is, uh, what is that? Yes, it's a... Uh, it's a mix. It, so it does have a board. That's the only reason it's considered a board game, but you're mainly playing with cards. Um all you're trying to do is get five in a row using a deck of cards. Um, so every single card is uh, – the board represents every single card. It's it's all spread out. So when you draw cards, you're just trying to put a chip on there and get five of them lined up. Hmm. So it's kind of fun. So we're never going to play that with Aaron because he dominates. That. Yeah. So No. But yeah, I mean, don't ask him. Right. Don't, yeah, don't, don't ask my wife. It would yeah. be so much fun to beat him, though, in that game. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe we do need to play. Maybe next time yeah. you're in studio, we'll do a hand or two of that. Oh, see what God. we can do. Yeah. And tape yeah. it. Or, That'll be hey, our podcast. Or we can play Basis Rummy. I mean, why Commercial gave us Basis cards to play Basis Rummy. Basis I mean, Rummy. Wow. Basis Rummy, yeah. <laughs> wow. The deck might be loaded against you. I mean, you are playing against the basis trader. That's but, exactly right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, you've led us into yeah, it. Speaking so, of. Yeah, speaking of. Speaking of that. So so you have a huge report coming out at the end of the month. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you can, you can, we'll... yeah, you can grease the skids. <laughs> tell us what's coming. Yeah, just tell us what it's going to yeah, say. Tell us what you think it's going to say. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so June and July are big months. I mean, 
it's just the middle of the growing season. You've got weather markets. You've got, you know, and this is why we run our average contracts through this, through this time window from May to June. But June 9th, we had our monthly WASD report, and it basically just said ending stocks are both uh, increasing for old crop, uh, which, mean, which meant the new crop was increasing in ending stocks as well. That just means that we have more, more bushels being left over than what we initially thought. That's corn and beans. June 30th, the big one coming up will be the planning report. So that's where if they make any adjustments, it'll be to the 92 million acre projection for corn and 87 and a half million acres of soybeans. Um, so last year, you know, we were around that 88 and a half for corn. Uh, beans basically stayed the same. We were right there at 87.4 last year, 87.5 projected this year. So that'll be the big one. That will not change the yield. And I know that's what everyone's talking about because how dry it is, is well, we need to adjust the yield lower. That will come on July 12th, and that'll be the that'll be the first WASD report after the planning report. So June 30th, we'll say our projections were either right or wrong, and if they're wrong, this is the new number we're going to go off of. July 12th, we'll say if our yield projection is wrong, which is, they just base it off of trend line yields. If those are wrong, July 12th will be the month will be the date that they make those alterations. All of these are still moving targets, so all this can change as the crop finishes itself out, but that'll be the big one. Those two will be big. Um, the planning report, <clears throat> I haven't really seen anything saying that corn is going to go up in acres or down in acres versus what they originally thought. It feels like we definitely have a 92 million acre crop out there. I mean, it seemed like... Judging off of the nitrogen market and how hard it is to get UAN, urea, and all that, it feels like there's a decent chunk of corn that was out there, and we're trying to side dress a top dress. Um, so I don't know if they really hmm. adjust that number. If they do, all bets are off. I mean, if that thing lowers with the dry weather we're having, the markets will keep rallying like they are at the second. If we end up with a bigger uh, potential planted acre number, you can see some pressure on the market, but we're still going to be trading weather in my mind. Until we get rain, this is a complete weather market right now. So, hmm. so one of the yield numbers – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say June 30th is our acres, right? Mm -hmm. July the 12th, 12th is the condition forecast. Yeah, yeah that'll, be, that'll be the yield one. That'll be your normal monthly WASD report. It's just that it'll now have the reflection of potentially new yield data in there or yield projections in there, I should say. So yep. I'm hearing people throw out 176 to 177. So, I mean, you're talking four to five bushel drop from hmm. the trend line of 181. So, and that's a big deal. What's causing our rally now? Just the the anticipation of it or what? The anticipation of no rain. No rain. That is that is what we are trading right this second. You know, we went from just last month where we felt dry, but we weren't considered a drought to now the majority of the Corn Belt is in some form of a drought. It's not a severe drought, but there is a significant portion in a drought of some sort. So with forecasts being hotter than normal, maybe not as much moisture, that's what we're trading right now. And it is going insane this week, hmm. <laughs> to say the least. You know, 
Yeah, there was a there was a big jump yesterday. So uh, locally, you know, I mean, crop conditions. You have a feel on what you're seeing around you. I know I know what it looks like out your front window of uh, of your facility. Yeah, <laughs> it looks really good right yeah. now. It looks very very good. Yeah, last week um, I drove out to I did a big windshield tour. Um, I had something out in Des Moines, Iowa, so I actually got to drive out there. Um, took two different paths through Iowa or Illinois, one on the way out, one on the way back. And I saw a lot more good than bad. And I will say that that was from a two-lane highway or an interstate, <laughs> following the speed limit, of course. So, no, I did not get out into the field. I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't get off onto the county roads to check it all out. But when you cover that much ground, there was a lot more good than bad. Um, I expected, because as dry as we have been here in southwest Indiana, I expected to see a little bit more stress um, than what I did see. I didn't see it. I actually only saw five um, irrigators running through the entire, I mean, through an eight-hour trip one way out and then an eight-hour back. I only saw five irrigators running. So, the stuff looked good. Um, with that said, you get off the main beaten path and you see some other stuff and it may not look as good. I mean, I just the other day I drove um, about 45 minutes southwest of my facility down in Pike County and Pike County, Indiana, and there was some rough stuff there. Um, I'm not saying it was weather related. It, it, it looked, um, again, I'm not an agronomist by trade, but it, it did look like there were some planter issues there. But Regardless, the weather was not helping that crop out at all. So that was really kind of the first bit of corn that I saw under some real stress and and, and possibly having some issues of not hitting what it could potentially do. Um, yeah, when it gets dry, Aaron, I mean, you can see every sin that is out there in that field. Every everything from the previous fall. I mean, it's uh, I mean track marks. I mean everything that's out there when it when it starts to dry up a little bit, you can. It becomes pretty visual. It shows up in uh, nutrient deficiencies. Uh, uh, sometimes the pH uh, kind of jumps out at us a little bit and variability. So, so yeah, it certainly becomes more evident as it dries up. Yeah, and it, I was surprised. I, I really was. I, I expected to see some more uh, heat stress, some more curling, and and I, and I don't know. I mean everyone's saying 2012 because that was the last big drought and there's reports out there that the first week of june was actually drier than the first week of june in 2012 and <laughs> you got to look at the whole picture to figure out where exactly yeah. we're at in this crop you, you just can't look at a week um, but yeah stuff looks good i mean thankfully it it, it does look good because um, you really thought we'd see more stress than what than what, than what i've seen at least and the markets are reflecting that. Yeah, I mean, so it's, they certainly are. I mean, uh, so you're starting to see numbers now where you send text messages out to uh, your subscribers and uh, from each of our facilities and, and some recommendations. And, and you've seen some numbers that you're like, hey, you better start looking at some of these opportunities to make some sales and uh, um, and, and be thinking about this new crop coming on. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you've what your recommendations are right now. And what people can yeah. expect. I mean, there's some there's some fives out there. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm still surprised that there's. Um, I haven't gotten any phone calls on old crop beans. I'm still getting phone calls on on old crop corn, um, which does reflect what the June 9th WASDE report said was that 
ending stocks for the old crop could be a little higher than what we thought we were going to finish out this crop mm-hmm. season with 22, 23 crop. So I'm still getting phone calls about old crop corn um, questions on what do we, you know, what do you, th- what do you think we should do here? Old crop corn in just the month of June. So June 1st to today. Um, and then it's actually, yeah, it's pretty close to where I wrote this down at. We've gained 40 cents. Wow. In two weeks, we've gained 40 cents. Beans, if anybody's got any, they've been given a big opportunity. It's gained a dollar twenty-four. Wow. A dollar a dollar twenty-four in fifteen days. So my suggestion for that would be if you have something, if these prices make you money, you've been given a big gift here, sell it. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Get your cash. Call this year a win, and let's move on to the next one. Um, and it, with these futures rallying this hard, I've seen it, and I think we'll we'll continue to see it. Uh, basis values for nearby stuff could start to back off a little bit because the, the the basis was working pretty hard because futures were dropping, and and your end users were trying to pry what was left out there out of the farmer's hands. So. When futures don't do the work, basis steps in and has to work harder. Well, when we have these forty cents and a dollar twenty-four gains in two weeks, basis may not have to work as hard to get the bushels out of the farmer's mm-hmm. hand. So, if you're worried, if, if you want to stay in the game and leave your top side, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be bashful about locking in basis at least. Get a piece of the puzzle locked in. Uh, if you want to see if the futures can still run up, I would do at least that and lock in the basis for nearby stuff. Um, new crop. I mean, we've that's been my big focus here lately is we're starting to make that big change over to new crop versus old crop marketing. Or we have been for the past month and a half, two months. December corn has gained 58 cents. No beans have, has gained $1.56. And I sent out a notification that Ryan brought up yesterday saying, hey, we're trying to get through, you know, my local basis is 20 under for new crop corn, fall delivered. We were trying to break through that 550 uh, delivered price for fall. And we were sitting in the 545, 546 range, sent that out. Literally within a couple minutes, it went through that. And by 10 o'clock this morning, we are now at that 575 range wow. delivered. Gosh. I mean, in the, a day. The, the, in a day. At the pace that this is going, it, 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 it's crazy. I mean, I bought some fall delivered stuff for 1235 for um, beans. We put in a target for 15 cents higher, thinking that, hey, you know, we've had a really good run. Maybe we'll catch this in the next day or two. It hit in the next 10 minutes. Hmm. And when we did the first one, that was at the high of the day. 15 minutes later, we're 15 cents higher. And then today we're we're way above that. I mean, it's we can't keep up with this, and that and and that's the big story is we are in a weather market right this mm. second. So this is an awesome time to get your targets working, because that five seventy five that hit for fall delivery fall delivery corn, it's been sitting there for a while, and you know, about a half a month ago, you know, mid May we we're like. I don't know if we'll get back to that range, but we left it in there and it hit today. So that's what putting these targets in it. 
it's in there. If it doesn't hit, yes, you don't you don't have any bushels sold, but you don't know if it's going to hit. So when it does, it's a great surprise, and it, and, and it's something that you get. Um, yeah, because I mean, unless you were sitting there watching it like you do every day, you would have missed it. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. there, but that's how fast it can happen. Oh yeah, yep, okay. yeah. I I think we so, want. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, it's. It, whatever you guys want. I'm here for you guys. (laughs) Well, I don't have a whole lot. I think it would be interesting to turn around and try to get something put together with you at uh, June 30th and try to get that information out pretty quickly. Um, You know, to timestamp that we're on the 16th today. So we've got two weeks till that comes out and um, not a ton of rain forecast between, between now and then Um, I'm, you know, I I just think that uh, this weather, this weather market may, may really cause some havoc if we don't get much rain. I mean, just keep moving it back and moving it back. And, uh, I think by then we're going to have, we're going to, we're probably going to see some significant changes. I assume by reading that correctly. Yeah, I, I would, I would completely agree. And, um, you know, I never even thought, I haven't thought about this for this podcast, but I just did. When these prices rally this hard, it, it is emotionally hard to get out of the way and not to get really tight fisted and not sell anything. Mm. And so if you have been, you know, if you think that you truly are, you know, 75% of what you normally could produce because of the damage that might have been done by this point, or if, or if we go another two, three weeks and we get into pollination and we don't get any moisture and this corn crop is really hurt, my watch out and my recommendation would be to watch your emotions of not getting too tight fisted with this. We're already seeing the Dece March, Dece May spreads come back. There's still a carry there, but we're dealing with interest rates that we've not seen in a while. Hmm. So just because you have bin space does not mean that that bin space will pay you to hold it out until later on. This is going to be a fine line, and this is something that you really got to watch. You got to know your numbers, or you got to know the number that works for you. And the hardest part is, is let's say that six dollars is your number that makes you your cost of living that you want for to pay yourself, pays all your operations, pays all your loans, does everything that get, that creates the life that you want for yourself. If six dollars is that number, have a plan when it gets there to execute that, because. First part of March, first part of May, we saw how quickly we could lose some. We're seeing how quick we can gain it. Emotions will wreak havoc in these very um, tumultuous times of weather markets. So <laughs> try to get a plan, a structured plan, take the emotions out of it. And but you, know, you never go broke if you're making money. Yeah. Is my big is my big thing here. And those that, that interest cost—that's a line item line item expense that we have not paid attention to for the last, I mean, decade or longer. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's a real thing. Yeah, and depending on how much you've got on operating, you know, on operating loan and things like that. I mean, yeah, interest rates are what seven, eight percent now. So yes, you may gain twenty cents by holding it two months, but it may have actually cost you forty, fifty cents a bushel. Because you because you just had to hold off before you could pay that off, so that's and look our our guys are smart. They do a great job. Um, 
it's it's kind of preaching to the choir with it, but it, it, it is, this is a great, this is a great time to have targets working and, and, and it's fun buying bushels. I bought a lot more in the last 24 hours than we had in the past month, but um, let's also have a disciplined plan and let's just make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves. That's good. Sounds like good advice. Uh, we'll look to have you back at uh, at some point here in the near future to to capture what we uh, what we get on that report. But uh, I don't think I have anything else. Aaron, uh, you're still saying run run averages and figure out your cost of production and find a number you love and figure out a way to set a target for it. Mm-hmm. Yep, keep it simple. All right, mm-hmm. sounds good. So you got anything? Nope. So Aaron, thank you for joining us again. And that wraps up another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. And if you like uh, like what you're seeing, hope you would like and subscribe us on uh, YouTube or some of the other platforms. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks.